0: Well, hey, I hope you got your Bible ready because we're going to go ahead and open up once again to chapter four of the book of Acts, and this has been an exciting study to go through. At least I think so. I hope I hope you do too as you're reading this book and as we're spending time considering it. That there is uh, there is so much to be gleaned about the first century church and their uh, their their ministry empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, I am not somebody who's all about running up and down the aisles and doing cart cartwheels and backflips, you know, in the power of the Holy Spirit, quote-unquote, and that kind of thing. But we don't, you know, I, I want to make sure we don't make the mistake of thinking that the only way for us to embrace the Holy Spirit is to take on some kind of um, crazy aspect uh, to living in the Spirit. No, the Bible talks a lot about, in the New Testament, for us to be living in the power of the Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit, not fulfilling the lust of the flesh, uh, this is, um, you know, the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to further set us apart for Christ and to make us more like him. And so we want the Holy Spirit to be working in our lives. And And from time to time, he may in fact give us various giftings to do the ministry that he's called us to do. Um, you know, there there may be a time when you're called to pray over somebody who's sick, and God may choose in that moment to bring healing. We pray for healing often for those in our own body as they go through things. And over the years, I've seen people healed of things, and I'm so thankful that the Lord has done that. It doesn't mean there's any power resident in us any more than there was with Peter and John when they helped this crippled man to rise up and walk, but rather it was in the name of Jesus and the power that is in his name, that power to heal as God wills, as God desires. Um, I should say as a caveat to that too, and this may rub some people the wrong way, but there are times when God chooses not to heal because he will be glorified more in the course of those kinds of things. Uh, And then, of course, that kind of a circumstance, will you say, wait a minute, that's crazy. God always wants to heal. Really? Well, if you remember with me, uh, Paul uh, at one time prayed that God would deliver him from this buffeting of Satan. And three times he cried out. And each time Jesus said, My grace is sufficient for you, but my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul had to endure that because Jesus was teaching him a kind of reliance upon him, uh, teaching him an important lesson for his own ministry in that. Uh, A reliance on, on not just the power of God, but also in the wisdom of God and the sovereignty of God to do what God will do. And so, um, uh, you know, I am rejoice whenever I know someone has been healed, but I also don't necessarily begin to doubt God when he doesn't heal somebody, because I know he can also do tremendous work through that as well. But we do want to ask the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. We don't want to do this on our own power. We don't want to um, just pretend that it's all on our shoulders to do the work of God and somehow we'll muster up enough strength. No, Jesus invites us you rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. And Peter and John demonstrate this as they are preaching to the people and then they're arrested. Uh, But even though they're arrested, that preaching brought another number of thousands of people and the number in the church was continuing to grow. Believers were continuing to be added daily, such as should be saved. And so um, we find ourselves here today in uh, looking at the episode where Peter and John, again, had been arrested by the Sadducees, the uh, the temple captain, and uh, and they're standing before now the the elders of Israel, including Annas and Caiaphas. And, and Peter has just very boldly laid out a witness and said, look, you know, if you're wondering how this was done, it was done in the name of Jesus, whom you crucified. And there is no other name given under heaven by which men must be saved. Uh, and this, again, would have seemed heresy to the Pharisees and scribes. And really, if we say something like that even today, it's seen as an incredibly narrow-minded, bigoted kind of a thing to say. Nobody is saved outside of Christ. But we say it because that is biblical truth. That is who Jesus is. And when he said he was the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, that, is, that, that was a truth. That statement is either true or it is false. If it is false, you should blow it off and never pay attention again. But if it's true, it changes everything. And it affects everybody. Well, Peter obviously is coming from the perspective that there is no other name given under heaven by which men must be saved. And so he lays that out, and here we are. Now, in verse 13 in chapter 4, we continue. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. For the man on whom the sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. So we get that additional detail about this one who has been healed. He's been paralyzed for so many years, but they now, in the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter and John have healed this man. And so in the name of Jesus, he's been made well, and they can't deny it. Go back to verse 13. There, is, there are some things here that I, uh, that I honestly take a lot of comfort in and that I hope you'll take a lot of comfort in, and you'll take this as an important thing to to, to take to heart in terms of your own ability and capacity to serve the Lord. Okay, verse 13, notice again, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, these religious leaders, the experts in the law, the ones who were supposed to know, you know, what it meant to know God and all these kinds of things, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and recognized that they had been with Jesus. When it says that they were uneducated common men, um, you know, they may have seen that as an insulting thing. Like, who are you guys to be telling us anything? Um, but let me let me speak to this as a tremendous encouragement. Um my old pastor used to say, uh, and I don't know if he came up with it or not, but it's 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 just, just right. God isn't looking for your ability so much as he's looking for your availability. Because it's he who brings the power. It's he who ultimately uh, brings the new life to those who hear. He's the one who brings the power to heal. He's the one... Uh, who fires the fuels the fire of the gospel message, and we're simply the messengers. We're the vessels that he uses. We're the the clay on the wheel that he molds, as as uh, Jeremiah eighteen would speak of. The idea that he sort of forms us and fashions us and fills us, and then sets us to work in that kind of a thing and so they were uneducated meaning they didn't go to the schools that the the rabbis went to that the the experts in the law went to they weren't educated that way didn't mean they were stupid or that they couldn't read the word or some kind of a thing like that uh, we find often that uh, the disciples they quote scripture to a great degree peter actually you know has 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 been utilizing scripture in in the message he just shared with them from uh, you know in the psalms and and such well, it didn't mean they were dumb, but it just meant they weren't educated like the Pharisees, scribes, and the elders and and the priests all were. Like they, they had the degree per se, uh, and 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 sat under the great rabbis and all these kinds of things. Um, and they were common men; they were ordinary, they were plain, and they were plain spoken. They were fishermen, and they were in Peter and Peter and John's case, they literally had been fishermen um and but they could not deny the power that was there they they said the one defining characteristic about them they weren't educated they were common people but they had been with jesus okay you know um i'm not downplaying education at all um you know but i would simply say that if you're waiting to get your phd to be used by god then i think you're mistaken I think you should start serving him now. Uh, I think you should start trusting in the Holy Spirit to put you in positions uh, that he can use you in, whether high positions or low positions, right? We don't seek high positions for high position's sake. We just seek whatever place God wants us to be. And then we serve him. Uh, I don't have a, an education. Uh, I don't have an MDiv. You know, I don't have those kinds of things, Um I am very thankful to have grown up in a really solid Bible teaching church for many, many years back in Illinois, where I'm from, and uh, and but but not, by no means uh, do I feel qualified to do the things that I do. I've never felt qualified, uh, you know. And and frankly, God forbid that I do, you know. Um, there was uh, I probably have told this story before, but it, it's probably appropriate to share it again. The very first time that our pastor asked me to teach one of our, I forget if it was a Sunday night or a Thursday night study, um, I studied for weeks for that. You know, I prepared, I prepared, but I was terrified. First time I was ever really teaching the Bible to our church, filling in for our pastor, who's, you know, in my opinion, his face should sort of be on the Mount Rushmore of preachers kind of a thing, uh, and teachers. And so here I was, I'm filling in for him, and I'm terrified, and only a few people showed up. Uh, my wife being one of them, uh, the person running sound being the other, and then there was one other person. Literally, a few people were there, and uh, and I remember being really disappointed by that, and uh, and thinking I studied so hard and everything. I know I was terrified and all, but I I prepared and I was ready, and at least I thought I was, you know, and this kind of thing, and uh, and I was just I was so disappointed, and I was as I was praying uh, to sort of start the service. Uh, and I had made the comment, by the way, that, you know, uh, there were so few people there and I kind of made a joke of it. And I said, look, you know, uh, I know Phil's not here tonight. And, and if you guys want to leave, I'm going to pray and close my eyes. So, you know, if you if you don't want to stick around, you can leave and I won't see you kind of a thing. And so as I'm praying, uh, the door opened and shut twice. You can imagine my mind really. I'm like, okay, the one person that didn't have to be here left, but apparently one of the other people that did left too, you know, and So I I just got super discouraged. And as I'm praying, I don't remember what I was praying, but I do remember one of those few moments in my life where I can absolutely say for sure that the Lord was speaking to me. And as I was praying, all disappointed that like nobody came, you know, like a couple of people were here. I remember the Lord saying to me, how many people do you think you deserve to teach? And that just broke me down. I realized like, even in my fear and my, being scared to death to do this, I was still arrogant. I still thought I deserved to be there. I thought I'd prepared enough where this. Was something I, sh- I I've sort of been qualified now to do, and um, I don't even know if there's a recording of that message or not. But I'm not sure I'd even want to hear it now. You know, it just um, but you know the truth of the matter is, is that you know you and I, as common, uneducated people, are the mighty unqualified. In other words, we're mighty unqualified. We are mighty in Him, but not qualified in ourselves. We are simply those uh, instruments in the hands of God that He chooses to use as He will, and that becomes the clarifying characteristic. That becomes the uh, that becomes the evidence of God's working in our lives. Is that they can look at us like they looked at them and say, "Well, these people really don't have any." qualification for being in the place they are, but nonetheless, they had been with Jesus, and in our case, we spend time with Jesus, and he equips us for that which he calls us to. We spend time in his word. We spend time in prayer, not either or, but both. We spend time in prayer over the word of God itself, learning of him and learning about him, Uh, hearing, uh, as it were, hearing in the word of God these things that the Holy Spirit would want us to take in as he prepares us for what he calls us to, um, again, I don't put down an education, although frankly, there are many, uh, uh <laughs> I was going to make the joke, the Freudian slip and them cemeteries, but there are many seminaries out there that have really lost their way in regard to elevating the scripture as being God's revelation to man. And they've sent out a lot of people out there who are not only ill-equipped because they don't believe the Bible is God's word, but because they don't believe the Bible is God's word, they're not ready for the work of ministry. Uh, you know, we're always students of the word. That's all we will ever be. There was a man who caught me and a few of my friends having breakfast uh, one morning, uh, again, way back when I was kind of new in my faith. And uh, and my friends had been walking with the Lord for a long time. And like a lot of young believers, I always wanted to sort of be up to where they were and all that kind of thing. And uh, And boy, I got... Wrong-footed on this, but a guy came up and he heard us talking about scriptural things and having a Bible conversation. He comes up and he goes, "Oh, you guys all Bible students," and uh, and I gave some kind of stupid answer that basically revolved around we were more than that kind of a thing, and it was so dumb. and uh, And I remember thinking after that, like, Lord, thank thank you for humbling me about this. I mean, I, I really have a problem here with with my attitude on these things, and I'm not saying I'm not still so capable of 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 that creeping up within me and that kind of a thing but i am thankful for the fact that at the end of the day if anybody gets anything from any of this or a sunday morning or if i've ever said a word that has ever had any modicum of value in anybody's life whatsoever all i can do is say that came from the lord what do you do what do you say and so they had been with jesus and I would say that's what we need to be as well. We need to be with him and let him use us as he will. But seeing again, the man was healed. They couldn't argue with it. The miracle had clearly been done. The people recognized that they were glorifying God. And so they, um, you know, they just thought, well, we can't really punish these guys because the people won't won't stand that, you know? And so uh, so instead what they do is they, they uh, instead they threaten them and they charge them not to speak any further about Jesus. And so, Peter again and John, they answered them. And they say, look, you know, in verse uh, verse 19, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you figure that out, you judge. But we cannot but speak of what we had seen and heard. And so we see, you know, what, what could be called a kind of civil disobedience. I don't use that word in a, uh, in a way to incite things, but I just simply say, that word, because in that context, that's what it is. They were told by the rulers, uh, the authorities in Israel, not to speak in the name of Jesus, and they said, "No, we're not going to do that. You figure all that stuff out, but we're going to speak about what we've seen and heard. We can't help ourselves. We are going to do this." And so they threaten them some more and send them on their way. Um, there may come a time, and I, I'm sorry if this sounds cliche and tried. You may have heard a hundred pastors say this, but. Um, there may come a time when it becomes hate speech to share the good news. I'm not saying that maybe we're arrogant when we say it or we're, you know, or we're maybe rude and mean when we preach or that kind of thing. But it may very well be that even in the most clear, loving, gentle, but clear and definitive preaching of the gospel, that that at some point becomes categorized as hate speech. And we're told that we can't say these things anymore that in pulpits we're not allowed to speak about sin and about salvation, about about something so narrow-minded and absolute-sounding as Jesus being the only way. Uh, It may very well be that various areas of sin that we would normally speak to, uh, we won't be able to, because whether it becomes illegal or whether channels like this find algorithms to sort of hear those words, we see that happening a lot of times now on various subjects where uh, videos and channels are brought down because they're speaking openly about some things that are questionable going on in society around us. Um, and I will reserve naming those things for times when uh, when it's appropriate. But for now, I'll just talk about it as a fact that it's happening. Well, the truth of the matter is that whatever opposition comes our way to preaching the gospel and they say, no, you can't do that, we need to say back to them, no, I am going to do that. Because at the end of the day, it is the life-giving message of truth the gospel of jesus christ that will save a person ultimately from their sins and remove them from the broad path that leads to destruction and instead set them on the narrow path that leads to everlasting life and so we don't we don't shut up for that we don't stop we continue and we share and we evangelize and we give the good news and like paul told timothy in season and out of season we will preach the word and so that being said um just a wonderful, exciting chapter in an exciting book. I use that word a lot. I'm gonna try and curtail myself a little bit so I don't sound so repetitive all the time. But I just so love this book and uh, I'm so excited to be going through it with you. So we'll pick up again next time or in a soon podcast uh, in verse 23 when we uh, continue. But for now, Father, we just wanna thank you that you've given us so much here that we can glean from and learn from and apply. And we pray that like Peter and John, we would have boldness in the Holy Spirit to share the good news and that we would see you work miracles that are greater than any other. That miracle of seeing people saved, of people being removed from death and brought to life. Father, we're so thankful that we live in a time that is so looking more and more and more every day, like we're on the cusp of of going home, of punching out from work here, as it were, as your ambassadors and going home to heaven's country. Father, we so look forward to seeing you, to seeing your son and feeling that embrace and hearing well done, good and faithful servant. And Father, I pray for those who are tentative about serving you. Father, you've not called us to cling to titles or letters after our names and that kind of a thing, but rather you've called us to simply make ourselves available to you so that you can just use us as you will, instruments in your hand, whether it's hands and feet, whether it's a mouthpiece, whether it's a cold cup of water, whether it's um, whether it's just a, a word fitly spoken, whatever it might be, help us not to be afraid, but to invite the Holy Spirit to give us the boldness that we need for that which you've asked of us. We thank you, we praise you and bless you. And Father, for any who are watching and listening to these Teachings, as we open your word and go through these things, there may be some that have been watching, that have been listening, and that have been thinking, and maybe even praying, and saying, Lord, God, Father, I don't even know what to call you. Help me to understand what it means to be in a right relationship with you. And they may have come to this place now where they're ready to receive the Son of God, the Savior of. Of our souls, the one who paid for our sins once and for all, at the cross of Calvary, and rose again to everlasting life. There is hope beyond the grave, and it's all because of Jesus. Well, if you're ready to become a follower, then I invite you to pray with me. There's nothing magical about the words we're going to say, by the way, but rather, this is just my way of helping you to sort of maybe talk to God like you've never done before, where you are ready to hand your heart, your life, yourself over to Him, because after all, He died for us. And he asks us now to live for him. And so we thank you that the penalty's been paid. And we also thank you that you've called us to come and to walk in the footsteps of your dear son, who set us free. So if you're ready to come and follow Jesus now, it won't always be easy, but he'll always be with you, just like he was with Peter and John. And I'll invite you to pray to receive him now and begin that journey with the Lord. So pray with me. Heavenly Father, I confess to you that I'm a sinner I've broken your law, I've hurt people, I have been a sinner my whole life, and that's not news to you, but I've never confessed that to you before. And I thank you that you loved me so much, that you sent your only begotten Son, that if I would believe in you, I wouldn't perish, but I'd have everlasting life. And I do believe that Jesus paid for my sins once and for all. And believing, I also believe that I am free now from the penalty of my sin, because he took it all. And I pray now that you would help me as I put my trust in the one who died for my sins and rose from the dead, that you'd help me, filling me with your Holy Spirit, that I would walk with you all the days of my life until I see you face to face. When I stumble and I fall, when I have my moments of doubt, when I have my struggles, meet me in those times, Father, and lead me through them, carrying me through them if needed, and just help me to rely on you every day. I want to bring you glory. And I want my life to count for you and for eternity, now that it's yours. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, or if you have any questions or concerns or uh, or need prayer or something like that, you can feel free to let me know that, especially if you prayed to receive Jesus there. You're probably wondering, well, now what do I do? Well, what you do is you find a good, solid Bible teaching church, a church that really believes the Word of God is the Word of God and will help you to learn it. You'll grow alongside of other believers and be part of a family. Of course, if you're anywhere around the Franklin, Tennessee area, we invite you to come and, and grow with us. You know, we, uh, we we love to study the Word. We love to grow as a family, and we'd love to have you join us. Um, I also like to make sure you have a Bible. Um, I've mentioned before, I'll try to remember to continue to mention that if you need a Bible, uh, we are connected with the Gideons. A good friend of mine is uh, is uh, 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 is with the Gideons, and he's told me that if I let him know, he'll be glad to send a Bible wherever there's one needed. Uh, we even There's even software that they have. Uh, it's either, a, I forget how, what the medium is for it, but they have software where they have the scriptures in, in many, many languages. And so we can make sure we get you a copy if you're watching or listening from somewhere else and need it in your language. But um, let us know that because we want you to grow. We want you to continue to walk with Jesus and learn every day how to do that more and more and more. So, um, But you can contact me by uh, commenting on the the YouTube video below, or you can email me at our church's website at calvarychapelfranklin.com. Just click on the con- uh, contact button. Uh, you can also email me at my own personal website, which is parsonspad.com, and you can also watch these videos there and subscribe to the audio podcast, too. But thank you so much for watching. I mean, it really means the world that, uh, that, that you know, that we're together going through the Word, and that uh, my prayer and hope is that these are beneficial in some way, and uh, and uh, and i 'm always very thankful and encouraged when I hear that it is and so God bless you and uh, and um, and we 'll catch up with you next time. God bless.